Welcome back to Off Record On Point, where we deep dive into the career culture of some of the very leading minds of the industry. It's all about uncovering the truth about success and happiness in the workplace. And today we're joined by the brilliant Phil Schreider, CEO of Contextual Advertising Specialist, Gum Gum. Thank you. And we're going to uncover, and I love this one, the secret to standing out in the crowd. So I'm Julia Linehan, and I'm the founder and CEO of The Digital Voice. And I'm Casey Long. As always, we're expecting to touch on some potentially sensitive topics. Be sure to take a look at the description for a list of resources to help you with anything you might need while you're listening. And today wouldn't be complete without being joined by the incredible Phil Schreider. So welcome, Phil. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Like, I love the energy and I'm just so excited. (laughs) Uh, I'm ready to rock and roll. Oh, you should be excited because it's our pleasure. Glad to have you. Thanks. I want to start, Phil, with almost a very open question of tell us about yourself, about Gum Gum. Give us that nutshell. Yeah. So what I love um, with technology, and we are a tech company. So we are, not to make it so complicated and like all over the place, but basically we are a technology company that's helping advertisers use contextual tech or technology that understands a digital environment, but uses the information of that environment to help an advertiser. Nothing about your ID or who you are. So it really just like allows you to be free in a digital environment, explore and enjoy and have advertisers use that environment to help you advertise, to give you value and inspire and be creative to grab your attention without using anything about what I did, who I am and my personal data. And so it's a really game changing technology that's like so exciting for like just the future of privacy and safety and excitement around all these digital environments that are growing so fast around us. So it's no surprise then that Gum Gum's just broken the billion in ad spend. Yes. You know, you've exceeded that figure organically. I think it's what, since the platform first ran in 2008. What's the secret sauce? How did Gum Gum do that? You know what? When you can combine, like, like for me and, and the team, the passion for knowing you're making such really important and positive change in what you believe in. So for me, you know, I have two nephews that are 12 and 10, and I watch them on all these devices. And I want, when I'm older, God willing, and I'm older and I look back and I see them grow up, I want them to be having fun in all of these virtual worlds and all of what that future is. And I just want them to play. I don't want them to worry about people taking their information and doing all that stuff. So I get really passionate about what we're doing, but then on the flip side, to do it with a team at Gum Gum that is just all about letting your hair down and showing who you are love that and just rocking that and being able to do it authentically those two things are huge it's like i can love the business and what i'm doing so much but i also can look in the mirror and say how do i want to show up today because how i'm feeling and i can show up that way and talk about anything in my life and i think that's such an incredible combination. And for anyone, I think that's the magic in whatever you choose to spend your time with for success. That's, and I think that's just how Gum Gums just kept at it and, and, and what keeps going. It's music to our ears. I think me and Julia both feel for our team and for ourselves exactly the same way. When those values align, you're excited to sit at your desk and contribute to something yes. with a group of people that feel the same way. It's amazing. And you've been with 
Gum Gum for 11 years now, which is a massive achievement. Since I was 16. (laughs) (laughs) Doing the math. Let's let's just go with that. I would have bought it. I would have bought it straight away. What was it about Gum Gum 11 years ago that appealed to you as the right place for your authentic self? Has it always been that way? Um, no, it hasn't. And so I found earlier on in my career, I was from a, I'm from a small town in Chicago. I left everybody and everything I knew to move to LA. I remember driving out in my Ford Explorer Sport, <laughs> 1999 Black Ford Explorer Sport, having been to LA once, driving in my car, listening to the Dixie Chicks song, Wide Open Spaces. Ooh. And I <laughs> <Yeah>. was just <laughs> really dating myself. And I was just, and I was just bawling because I was so scared. And once I got to LA, it was, it's like, okay, I'm ready to come out. I'm ready to accept and do some self-discovery. And so all I know was find environment and find a job where you can do that. Cause that's the only way. So I went into a small production company where I did financial film, you know, feature film, financial modeling. I am a finance person, CFO and accountant. If people are shocked by that, I know. <laughs> but, but in doing that, I realized small right? You know, companies that really allowed people to connect and you could build that rapport really helped unlock, I think, a lot of where my value could be as someone as part of a team like that. And so when I got to Gum Gum after having worked in a couple of different smaller companies, it was a small team. There was 10 people. I got to pretty much meet everybody. And when I was able to interview with the team, I was interviewing just at a more comfortable place. I still, every year, maybe all of us do, if we're doing the work, you're becoming just more confident. And at that point, I was just like, this is me. And trust me, I'm a lot different than I was 11 years ago to today. (laughs) But I knew that they were accepting of that. So from that end, I felt safe. And I felt like I could be me. But when I combined that with the fact that this technology was like, hey, there's all these visuals on web pages yeah. and images and this rise of ever red, red carpet photos and all of these things. And no one was doing anything about it. No one was trying to understand how that could affect advertising or the, or the experience of a person reading that web page or, or reading that blog. And so I'm a very visual person, visual learner. It was like, here are images. No one's doing anything with it. We have technology. That makes sense. I love the company. Let's do it. I love that. And I've got to ask as well, because <laughs> I just have one image, and that's of meeting you in Cannes. I mean, you're known for your boldness. You're known for standing on the Cannes. I know. You wore the most vibrant shirt in Cannes in a sea of white linen shirts. There you were. And I want to know, is this is this boldness? Is this a theme in your life and work as and outside of it? Do you feel like you're carrying it through? Because you're quoted, and I love this quote, Phil, that says, don't spend time with anyone or anywhere that you can't be your authentic self. So good. Is that bold you, the real you? It is. And it's funny. It's like I grew up, you know, in a small, as I mentioned, small town in the middle of Chicago, if you're familiar, that's in the U.S., in the middle of, of the United States. And so... I, and I was always, you know, really good at school and really good at these things. And so I was kind of always like really pushed into like the finance, right? This world. And I have always had a creative side to me. And I just, as I evolved in my work and as I got to be more comfortable and even still to this day at Gum Gum, being able to really talk about that we can, you know, be true to ourselves and express ourselves in any which way we want I literally uh, kind of emerged like a butterfly. I mean, I sit there and I talk about people at work and I say, what do you do? What's your side hustle? I'm an artist. I'm a musician. I'm a this. Like, let's talk about it. Let's share it. 
And so for me, I fell in love with fashion and I saw it as a really great way to connect my creative thing that's for me and express myself that defines a little bit more to the world than just my career. You know, I, I, my partner and I don't have children. We both are really focused on our jobs and it's a way for me to show that there's other parts of me and that I want to express myself and that the company and the culture here at Gum Gum just embraces that. I love that. That's if wonderful. That makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And it seems like the only way to be, it seems like the perfect way to be. It makes me just feel like I can try and do anything. And so I've just fallen in love with the expression of being able to do that. I love that. The ad industry is seemingly, in our small bubble here at the Digital Voice anyway, increasingly diverse every year. Is that a reality that you see? Is there still a fight to be fought there? And what has been your experience of it, good or bad? Oh, there's such a big fight to be diverse. And I'm so grateful that we're pushing for this diversity. But I think the biggest thing is you realize, at least for me as a CEO, I mean, Gum Gum reaches 1.1 billion people across the globe. Amazing. And we're representing all of these different content creators that come from all different walks of life and non-majority groups. And as a CEO, both internally and externally, you're like, oh my goodness, we have technology that can transform the future of this industry. Yeah. And our technology, Casey Julia, is AI tech. And so we're teaching it how to interpret content. And so when you think about diversity, when I'm talking to my friends or I'm writing content, I'm like, you slayed that, you know, you, you know, <laughs> yeah. that, right? right? That means you're having a great time. But if I wrote that or said that in an article or something in digital, it's going to be blocked. And that's not fair. I want to write and speak and talk like I want to in my content I create. Then for technologies like Gum Gums that's being built, we need to teach it and make sure it's thinking about how non-majority groups interact with each other, speak to each other, show up together. And so I think for me, it's such an important push, both from the external tech we're doing, but also internally. For I don't know what it's like to be anything other than a white gay man. And so all I can do is draw on my experiences of that. Yeah. When I became CEO three years ago, and then we really started to dig deep into kind of our own DNA. I mean, Casey and Julia, you may have met my colleague, you know, Kayla, right? And you've chatted with her. And one of the best things that Kayla did when she joined Gum Gum, she said, hey, I'd like to have a meeting with you. And I said, great. Like, let's, I love to meet people. As you can tell, I, I love to connect. <laughs> so we get on the call and I'm like, how are you? She starts, good. She's like, Phil, I just want to talk to you about something. I'm like, yeah, what is it? The representation within Gum Gum of Black people is embarrassing. And my initial reaction was first, girl, you do that to every CEO. You have a voice and you say whatever's on your mind and wave that. And then I said, second, thank you for talking to me about that. Thank you for letting me hear this. It was one of those light bulb moments where I love everyone, but when you can feel it and you see it, you're like, I haven't been paying attention. Yeah. You might think you're the most open, forward champion of diversity. But until you're actually sitting with someone and you're letting yourself immerse yourself in how people feel and where they're coming from, you can't make the difference. Yeah. And we're still not great at that. We're working on it, partnering with Kayla. And we've done a lot of great things and we're going to continue to do great things. But it's that ability to have a team or people on diversity to be able to hold you accountable, not only call you out, but more about just helping you understand what it feels like. 
so that you can help make a change. We always say to people, I mean, the digital voice stands for actually allowing people to have a voice. We are the voice and we're very loud and allow them to say in whatever way they want to speak. Yes. And I think it's, an, it's really interesting that Kayla wanted her voice heard. And actually by her saying it, you were able to see it when you maybe hadn't done and the company would. And I want to ask you this then. In the same way, have you always been open about your sexuality? And was it by saying it and being so open that that's actually been beneficial for the companies you work in? Or have you at any point found that by saying it and being so open has been negative? What's been your experience? You know what? It's definitely been more overwhelmingly positive. Good, good. I, I remember interviewing, right? And this is where it makes so much sense. You know, when people say it's easy to connect when you see your own self or representation, I remember interviewing for a job and I interviewed with two people and two of them were going to be my managers and they were both open gay men. And at that point, I didn't really even care if I wanted the job. I wanted it because I knew I was safe and someone would get me. And so I just fought to get that job. And then I watched how they showed up and I learned how they were confident in work with that perspective of who they were. And I just was able to build off of it. And you then realize the more vulnerable you are as you become, you know, more immersed in your career, or if you take on leadership roles or roles that become more visible, you have an obligation, I believe, to open it up and show your vulnerability and to push yourself because you need to connect to people on that level and show them and find that their uniqueness is, is just like us in a way as best as you can. But also what was interesting, and you ask in the negative way, I got so excited that it was there. Then I was accepted, right? And I was feeling like I was owning myself. But then I had bosses that would love me, but then they'd be like, oh my God, Phil, you are so gay, aren't you? And make comments that at the time I was like, oh, what a compliment. I'm finally owning who I am, right? right. And that, that's fine. I'm gay. But on the flip side, I'm wait, wait a second. Now you're stereotyping how I'm showing up and how I'm acting to the community. Yeah. So it doesn't matter that I'm proud about who I am. Now I'm like, wait a second. That was that was a, a dig. That was, yeah, that was not right. No. And so then I had to start to feel like I was putting a, I was starting to be put into a box as the flamboyant gay man. And I'm like, wait a second. And then that's how you're associating things. And like, that's not right either. So it just became this elevated conversation around. It's a part of me. I love that, but it's a part. And then everything around my actions and how I do are functions of my environment and just who I am authentically that has nothing to do with that. But that people like to go back and say that, I remember and I just took it and I thought it was, yay, I'm finally being me. That's cool. I am so gay in my mind because that's just who I am and how I show up. But that is not representative of what gay is. And when you start to hear that, you realize we still have an obligation to correct and course correct when people talk or speak like that, even when we know it's not coming yeah. from a malicious yeah. place. That label and trying to stick someone in a box when it's not there. Yeah. It's like, hey, oh, Julia, you're such a woman. <laughs> yeah. Like, who says that? You don't. No one says, should say it. Right. So anyways, it was those moments where you saw the great positive way more than the negative, but you realize you have that negative aspect that you have to like yeah. navigate a little on. Yeah. It's a great way to put it. You mentioned earlier that you had, uh, you interviewed with two managers that were openly gay men and that yeah. growing up in Chicago, you didn't have 
a lot of role models. You spoke to AI Authority magazine earlier this year, and you did mention yeah. one role model that happened to be an openly gay man. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? We're curious. You know, his name was Rob, and, you know, he was the first person that had really opened my eyes to, like, a whole world of what, you know, and how to understand the community I was just joining. I didn't know anybody in L.A., and let alone did I know anybody who was gay. And if you know me, there's one thing you'll learn is I don't really like to read. It's just not my thing. But the way I came out, this is so sad, is, and this is just, you know, 25 years ago. I drove to a Barnes and Noble bookstore, right? Back then, bookstores, we'd go bookstore. <laughs> I had a baseball cap on. I had sunglasses on. I was sitting in my car scared because I know I needed to find a way to understand who I was. I had no one to talk to. Oh. I walked into that bookstore with my head down. And I just was trying to eye out of the side eye. Where was the alternative lifestyle section? I casually walked down it as if no one was watching me and nervous people were literally walked down the aisle, looked at the binding and saw a book called coming out, just grabbed it. I brought cash because I didn't want to use a credit card because I didn't want someone to know my name. And I bought this book and I ran to the car. I got home. It's the only book I've read in the minute I picked it up end to end. Oh my gosh. And so from that book, I learned so much, but it was a book. And so what Rob did was help me understand how to live it in the real world and the real life. Yeah. And so I had then a friend and someone who would just talk about like, like the community pride events, what they were, you know, like groups that you could participate in. Like, you know, just things and, and, and how to date and just, you know, stuff like that. And so he was such an inspiration because he was doing a job that I admired and I loved the work we were doing. And he was so good at his job, but yet he was so himself and he was so able to talk about it and was so supportive of, of, of bringing me along and sharing and talking with me that it changed my life. Thank you for sharing with us. Of course. I think sometimes people don't realize there's there's a lot of shame that still happens and fear. Yeah. I've got to ask you then, Phil, because we're, we're, we are huge supporters of mentoring programs. As, and Maria McDowell was on here from Lollipop Mentoring. I'm a Bloom mentor and ver have various um, digi-learning mentor. And Casey's been going through mentoring programs. So we were, we were wondering, you know, how, how far you now pay that forward yourself uh, Gum Gum obviously has Gum Gum University so it's do and has been doing a lot of initiatives as well. What, what else do you call out? What are you doing to pay that forward and almost have someone else benefit from what you've experienced? I think it's exactly what you just said. It's in sharing my voice and sharing my story every time at any point someone wants to hear it and not holding back. So, you know, it's it's everywhere. Right. I'll write articles. I will do, you know, podcasts. I will do anything because, yes, there are mentors with individuals and there are mentors for, with groups. And I feel for me, I have such a platform to reach more people at mass just to maybe give more people that little bit of hope Absolutely. to make yeah, them yeah. go into that bookstore. Or now, probably not bookstores yeah. anymore, but, <laughs> but just like right now, if one of your listeners hear this just takes that, I was able to reach it, and that's all. And and so in Gum Gum, it's these 
sessions we like to create in, 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 in everything we do around all of our, 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 our non-majority and passion points of the team. Like we have the LGBTQ events, we'll, you know, have, you know, black events, we'll have our, you know, Hispanic events, we'll have all of these different events to talk about and bring TED Talks, women events. We have a voice coalition. We have women at Gum Gum all leading the way in bringing us visibility. But the most important thing is bringing us stories. Let us hear you and your story. Let me not feel like it's a, a show or a piece of paper. Let me feel someone tell their story. And if we can let more people have a platform to do that, the person in the background, not the one in the front seat, is the one that you're affecting in the most positive way that you will never imagine. And that's how I think we like to pay it forward. I've got such goosebumps. Honestly, Phil, go on. Yeah, I think it's a massive call out. Authenticity and vulnerability. Preach. I love that. It's amazing that Gum Gum fosters all of that too, Phil. It really is. It's so important. And this last year, we mentioned earlier, Gum Gum has had an incredibly rapid rise. How has that growth and your position at the company changed your day-to-day life? You mentioned your partner earlier. Has oh, it influenced any of yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. It changes, it changes so much. So as we've grown, we've seen so much rise. You know, I'm, the company has just been crushing it and we just acquired two different companies we bought a company in amsterdam we bought a company in australia (laughs) and now we have over 550 people and so how it's changed is really this navigation for me of more really making sure the company really is being heard on how we are delivering on our vision and that not only do we have alignment like let's let's go for this privacy first amazing experiences in digital, right? And we can change with this mindset first technology, but making sure we're doing it in a way that's authentic to the team. Like people say, oh, the culture you've created. Absolutely not. This team is making me every day. This team, the amount of positive feedback. I mean, Julia and Casey, the things people say to me are just overwhelming that it just fuels me even more to know we're doing amazing by the world but we're doing it right by a company and i'm i'm just making sure that every stage and anyone who joins whether they joined last week or have been here eight years they're going to know where i stand today and they'll know i'm going to continue to evolve i'm going to continue to grow my hair's down here it's never been this longer (laughs) it's luscious (laughs) and beautiful i I, I have a beard now and people are seeing me evolve right and I'm open about that because we change and who we were last year isn't necessarily who we are going to be five years from now. And no one has to feel how they showed up initially. That's how you have to be. Roll with it. Let us help you go with it. And like we'll create the pockets of opportunities in the company where you're going to find the support, the people who are like you or interested or can help you explore those things. And so I just think it's, it's, it's the combination of just as my job, how do I maintain that voice for them and really represent that while I make sure the world knows it's time for change. It's time to be thoughtful around how we're advertising and using people's information. And it's time for us to know that there are incredible technologies that we work with Fortune 1000 brands. We just did yeah. a Johnsonville Brots, you know, case study oh. that we published. You know, like, you know, these things that are like, you know, tangible that can actually be happening now. Yeah, and I'd love to touch on that, actually. 
Phil, is actually if you think about tangible, because I always love that people to have takeaways and those tips. What other tips or secrets on, I suppose, what to do and what not to do? I mean, I look at I look at you and I think you're so driven and to become a CEO at a young age and come and come completely with this is who I am. And then for it to feed into the to the veins of gum gum. So that to me is a really good tip tip. But what other tips or secrets would you recommend? There's two tips, I think, if you're going to look to be really successful and lead the pack in anything you do, right? And I think the first one is if you're a manager, leader, or you want to be the best, you are going to have to be really scared and go for it. You are going to have to push of overcoming a fear than the majority of the other people in your world. My coming out, my story, the way I had to, like, the, the, the fear of just putting myself out there. I'm fortunate enough that I was able to do that and that I was received so positively. But if you can push whatever those fears are and just go, like Kayla, don't be afraid to get on the CEO call and say it. Not very many people are going to do those things. So whatever mm -hmm. that is, face it. The, okay. number, the number two is do not say it or know it or think you have an ego. I don't think I have an ego. But the minute I had that conversation with Kayla, that was ego because I knew I thought I was that, but I didn't feel it. You have to check it. You yeah. have to check it. You have to feel it. Right. So for me, we want to invest in DE&I and diversity, like you mentioned, Casey. So yeah. we go to a, a blackest tech event in Atlanta, you know, Georgia and the U.S. And I say, I want to go. I want to be there. And so because I, I want to support. But I didn't realize that actually when I was there and then I was the white guy in a slew of black professionals and watching the ease of them talk, communicate, and just have and, 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 and be, I felt it. So if you're a leader and these things are important, you have to literally put yourself in those situations. So if you can face your fears, whatever those are, push through those glass ceilings, as you mentioned, right? And fight for that. Fight for it. Have to then combine that with putting yourself in and allowing yourself to be open to feel. Feel other people's pain. Feel other people's reality. And then you're done. That's right. Amazing. And the tips I would say don't do, when people give you choices and your instinct says none of them feel right, do the work. There's an alternative answer. They just can't see it. So you be the one to see it. Right. And, you know, I think that's also something that's very powerful. People are like, we need to make a decision, Phil. We should either do this or we should do this. And I don't like either. Answer. <laughs> yeah. So then I try really hard to say, great, this is this is society saying these are the choices like work from home. Right. Yeah. Are we going to work from home? Are we going to all be back in the office or is it a hybrid model? I'm like, that's just making me OK, really easy. Well, half the people want to do it. We'll work from half the home. And, right. But no. For me, it was like, sit there, Phil. This is an opportunity. Think, think, think. And so we got rid of our offices. We're getting all new offices in our cities. They're gum gum greenhouses. They're gum gum farmhouses. They're gum gum treehouses. Wow. They're all around sustainability. We created task forces where the, where the team is going to create the environment. And we want this to be the place where you go to take a break from your personal life. I love that. And if we create that you will show to work. That's amazing. When people are making a fundamental choice like where you're going to work, that isn't just an easy decision. And it's not just around productivity. Yep. And it's an opportunity for us to change 
how companies look at this. And so to me, it was like, who are we? What would represent us? And you have to, and when I say that is, I had to push my team. I'm not ready to make a decision yet. I, I'm not there. I don't know. Yeah. And then I was at a bar having a cocktail and there was something <laughs> that said Gotham Farm Rifle House or something. Like it was a sticker, right? On one of those walls of stickers. That was it. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, that's it. It was a epiphany moment. Like a bolt of lightning. Yeah. Cocktails will do that for you, Phil. Yes, cocktails will, but also <laughs> sitting in environments and thinking and letting you're having free thought and looking, looking for inspiration that. in everywhere you are. And you will find those answers. Yeah, I love that. And so we're working on that. But I, I just use that as a tangible example is there's always another answer. Yeah. Incredible. Amazing. Revolutionizing it all. I love it. There's always a plan to see if you <laughs> haven't thought of it yet. You just have to be ready to do the work. Yes. Be ready. This, Phil, is our last question before we launch into Julia's infamous, okay. loved, sometimes feared, feared quickfire quick round. round coming up next. <laughs> before we jump in, we have just kickstarted 2023. What does Gum Gum have planned for the new year? What's going to be happening? Uh, we have so many exciting things planned. But what we definitely think we have, uh, we're excited the most about is we created what we think is a game-changing uh, framework for the industry. And so from the mindset framework that we talked about, we believe that if we can use technology to understand a digital environment, right? Think about like the metaverse or just a web page. And we focus on that understanding, nothing about me. And then we have a slew of creatives from features, functions, all of that with one thing in mind, grabbing your attention. Those three components of context, creative, and attention should be able to eliminate all the use of unauthorized personal data. And so we're putting that together as a package for our industry. And we're really excited about showing how those ingredients are coming together and helping advertisers make that move. Big news. Can't wait to see oh, it. Big news is huge. Yeah. Phil, it is time for my quick fire round. You've got to answer the first thing that comes into your mind. Here we go on three, two, one. Who is going to buy who in the industry this year? Oh my gosh. That's crazy. <laughs> Maybe Yahoo and Taboola extend their deal and that's just a complete one company at some point. Ooh. They did a deal. Maybe maybe they become one and they just do do more together. They call it Yabula, Tabuhu. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how many shirts do you own? Uh, can I plead the fifth? Um, I would say probably <laughs> 400. 400. Okay. That's a healthy amount. So who's your go-to designer and what wouldn't you be seen dead in? Two questions in one. Oh, I have two right now. Um, one is Tokyo James, which is this jacket I'm wearing. And the other is Maximilian. Beautiful. The one I will not be caught dead in. Is bye bye Balenciaga. Oh, Goodbye. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So true. Bye. Balenciaga Gate. See ya. Goodbye. <laughs> Seriously, crisis communications at their end. I would not want to be that PR company. Um, what, what's, your, what's your karaoke song? Oh, probably, probably Hit Me Baby One More Time by Britney Spears. Oh, bless you. Banger. <laughs> okay, finish this sentence. This is the year of dot, dot, dot. Revolution. Revolution. Woo. Here we go. Finish this phrase. Gum gum leads from the front on. Authenticity. Yay. Mm. Okay. What areas of ad tech are on the up and up in 2023? Attention as a, as a proxy for how you determine whether you're getting success, right? And all those things like clicks and all that moving to more of like, hey, did I reach you? 
and I would say context. New ways to reach your audiences without ID and so privacy first solutions. Perfect. You heard it first here. Attention and context. <laughs> what was the best advice anyone ever gave you and did you follow it? Yes, it would be my dad. When I decided to sell, tell my parents I was moving to Los Angeles without a job and I had nothing. And if you know my dad, he's, you know, quiet kind of stoic, not emotionally. This is all mom right here, this craziness. <laughs> I was leaving to get in the car and he said, you know what, Bill, you can do it. Go for it. Trust yourself. I'm not giving you any money, <laughs> <laughs> but you can always come home. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. And I think that was the biggest transformational thing in my life. And if anyone has gone for it, it's certainly you. Here's another question for you. Metaverse, trial or trash? Trial. Trial, okay. Love that. If you had to work in a completely different industry, what would it be? Fashion. I will at some point do my own fashion line. Ooh. Look out for Phil's brand coming your way soon. <laughs> uh, last two questions. When it comes to a cookie-less world, will Google let, get left behind or leap forward? Uh, less behind, not just because of the cookie world, but also because they have an evolved search. People are not searching for text like they did. They're searching on platforms like TikTok. So when now people look for something, they're going to TikTok to search, hey, restaurants, they're not going. So the visual search is what people are looking for. They want to search with videos and content creators. So it's because of that they'll be left behind. But second, I think they're not evolving enough on um, the, the main driver. I love that. Great response. This is your final question. If you had one piece of advice to other LGBTQIA plus people with aspirations towards the C-suite, what would it be? What's the one bit of advice? Remember, your trauma is your superpower. That's a gift that no one else has. So look at it and be proud of the work that you have to overcome that and transform that into power. And you will rocket ship to the top. Because unless you've gone to the places that many of us have gone through in a very deep, dark place to overcome it, you get the benefit of the brightest light. So own it and push it. And that's exactly, I think, the, the recipe for success. It's a gift. It is a gift if you make it that way. Boom, Mike. That's beautiful. Seriously. Wow. What a way to end. Oh, Phil. You survived the quickfire round. <laughs> and what a way to end it is right. That is it from us on this episode of Off oh. Record On Point. Thank you so much, Phil, for Thank joining you, us. Phil. Be sure to check out the description below for all the information and resources on this episode and to find out where you can keep up with Phil. Thank you so much, Phil. Thank it's you, been Phil. That's been our pleasure. Such a pleasure. It's been wonderful to get to chat with you. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for just having fun and an opportunity for all of us and just feeling different or non-majority people who identify differently or different things to just address it and talk and share our story. It really... I can't thank you enough for the opportunity for us at Gum Gum. And I know it means the world to the team for there and where they show up to be able to show to their friends and family, like what we're all about. And this is incredible. So really, thank you so much. You're very, very welcome. That was absolutely incredible. Thank you. And have the awesomest 2023. You too. Thank Here you. Here we go. Let's do this 2023. Thank you all. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Off Record On Point, the digital voice podcast unzipped. I'm Julia Linehan. And I'm Casey Long. Enjoy the conversation? Reach out and let us know by rating and reviewing on your favorite podcast platform. 
and be sure to follow to never miss an episode. You can stay connected with us at thedigitalvoice.co.uk and across all social platforms. Just look out for The Digital Voice. Join us again next time for another undercover industry deep dive. All off record, all on point.